0: Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Chenny Wu. Let's take a look at our top stories. House Republicans say Venezuela is sending its criminals to the U.S. border. The lawmakers want to know what Homeland Security is doing to prevent criminals from entering the U.S. It could be one of the costliest natural disasters in Canada's history. Tropical Storm Fiona hit the country's east coast over the weekend, leaving a trail of destruction in its wake. Russia's top diplomat defends the war in Ukraine and responds to a question regarding Russia's use of nuclear weapons. Venezuela may be sending its prisoners to the U.S. border, including violent criminals. Homeland Security is reportedly warning border patrol agents to be on the lookout. Now, House Republicans are asking the DHS chief for more information. NTD's Jessica Beatty has more. House
1: Republicans wrote to DHS chief Alejandro Mayorkas last week asking about a report DHS sent to Border Patrol. The report told Border Patrol to look for violent criminals from Venezuela among migrant caravans headed to the U.S. Breitbart first reported the news, saying it reviewed the DHS report from an unnamed source within Border Patrol. The DHS report warned that released prisoners had been seen with migrant caravans in Mexico as recently as July. The released prisoners include people convicted of murder, rape, and extortion. Hours after the Breitbart report, House Republican Troy Nels tweeted that he confirmed the news with DHS. Nels is a former sheriff and one of the lawmakers who sent the letter to Mayorkas. The Republicans want Mayorkas to answer a number of questions, including what DHS is doing to prevent criminals from entering the U.S. And whether DHS thinks Venezuela is trying to purposely impact U.S. national security. Their letter comes as the U.S. sees a surge in illegal immigration. As of August, arrests of illegal immigrants rose above 2 million in one fiscal year for the first time. The Republican letter said more than 130,000 Venezuelan nationals crossed into the U.S. illegally between last October and this July. That's way up from 2020. That year, less than 5,000 were apprehended, according to Breitbart. Meanwhile, the Texas Department of Public Safety Friday busted a human smuggling operation at an airport in McAllen, Texas, a border city. Officials received a tip about people being dropped off at the airport. A special agent and a pilot told air traffic controllers to ground the plane. While checking the plane, they found 19 illegal immigrants. The agent and pilot were working under Republican Governor Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star Border Security mission. The failed smuggling attempt is now being investigated. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. Now, an update on the legal battle between former
0: President Trump and the DOJ over the documents seized during the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Special Master Raymond Deary issued a protective order that sides with Trump's lawyers. Trump's team doesn't have to tell the Department of Justice who will get access to the materials during the Special Master's review. His team will choose lawyers and staff to scan and review the documents, but they'll still need to be approved by Deary. The order comes after DOJ lawyers asked for the names and job titles of those who would be involved. It also outlines the rules and limitations for the reviewers. Everyone involved has to sign an acknowledgment of the rules in the protective order before they can proceed. Not all of the seized documents are included in the review. Last week, an appeals court ruled that some 100 documents with classified markings can stay with the DOJ the former president says that he declassified all of the documents on social media trump has maintained that the fbi targeted his mar-a-lago estate in a politically motivated attack to harm his future political chances a new york judge ruled that the vaccine mandate for union members in the new york city police department is the new york police department is invalid The judge ordered the reinstatement of all members who were fired or put on leave for not complying with the city mandate, citing the city's dealing with other unions. The judge said the Department of Health and the mayor cannot create a condition of employment without collective bargaining. The city plans to appeal the ruling, which would freeze the court decision until the appeal is heard. The ruling comes days after New York City Mayor Eric Adams said he was lifting the vaccine mandate for the private business sector in the city. Local and federal law enforcement agencies have rounded up 21 suspects in Arizona. They were arrested after soliciting or brokering deals for sex with children. However, authorities say the so-called children were actually undercover detectives. They placed ads on websites commonly used by those seeking illegal sex acts. All 21 suspects have been charged with attempted sex, conduct with a minor, and child sex trafficking. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children says missing children are usually reported as runaways. And there are over 25,000 cases in 2021. The organization says one in six of those were likely victims of child sex trafficking. That statistic rises to one in five for children who run away from social services. A road rage suspect is lucky to be alive after a train struck the police cruiser she was being held in. The body cam footage has just been released from the incident two weeks ago. A woman was pulled over by Colorado police after a reported traffic violation But officers left her in a squad car parked on the train tracks while searching her truck for a gun. Minutes later, a freight train barreled into the car, pushing it into a field. The woman was hospitalized with multiple injuries to her head and back, as well as a broken arm and nine broken ribs. So far, no charges have actually been filed in the case. But the officer who left the car on the tracks has been placed on leave it may have been the strongest storm to ever hit Canada and one of the costliest natural disasters in the country's history. Eastern Canada is now dealing with the aftermath of Fiona's hurricane-force winds and torrential rains. NTV's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the devastation and response.
2: The Canadian Hurricane Center says it may be the lowest-pressure storm to hit land in the country's history. It's the most surreal experience of my life. Never seen anything like it. The hurricane was downgraded to a tropical storm Friday. Residents in Porto Basque, Newfoundland, described the storm as pure chaos. Winds reached up to 106 miles per hour.
3: Yeah, we watched a house over here just completely get ripped off its foundation by a wave, and there was actually a house behind me
4: right where we're
2: standing, and that's completely gone now, and we watched that one it just disappear. Police say one 73 year old woman from Porto Basque died during the storm. Tragically swept out to sea over 20 homes in the small town were destroyed more than 200 people were left needing shelter Hundreds of thousands of residents across Nova Scotia Prince Edward Island Newfoundland Quebec and New Brunswick were left without power. This is not an effort that's going to happen in a day This is an effort. That's not going to happen in weeks. This could be months Despite the trail of destruction left in its wake, no serious injuries or deaths were reported in Nova Scotia. Officials say that's a result of residents heeding repeated warnings. The so damage is, uh, is pretty heartbreaking, uh, but uh, you know, what I, what I would say is it's a testament to, to Nova Scotians and their preparedness. Debris, toppled trees and power lines, and washed out roads were a common sight in many communities. Damage assessment and cleanup efforts are now underway. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the armed forces will be deployed to help, and that the government has approved federal assistance for Nova Scotia. Around 100 troops are heading to Prince Edward Island after the province requested federal support. Officials say in some cases it would take weeks before essential services are fully restored. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: Coming up elections in Italy, the first female prime minister in history is forecast to take the helm as conservatives sweep into power. North Korea fires a missile ahead of a visit from Vice President Kamala Harris to South Korea and ahead of joint military drills between the U.S. and South Korea. A gunman killed 15 people at a Russian school before committing suicide. The dead include seven children and 21 people were wounded. The identity of the attacker and the motive for the shooting in Izhevsk were not clear. The city is about 600 miles east of Moscow. Russia's investigative committee said the gunman was wearing a ski mask. It released a short video showing his body lying on the floor of a classroom, with overturned furniture and papers strewn on the floor. He was dressed all in black, with a red swastika and a circle drawn on his clothing. In addition to the students, the adult victims included teachers and security guards. Another 21 people, including 14 children, were wounded. TASS news agency quoted investigators as saying the attacker was armed with two pistols and a large supply of ammunition. Russia has seen several school shootings recently before this one. One occurred in May 2021 and another in April of this year. Russia's top diplomat defends the war in Ukraine and he says that any areas Russia annexes would receive Moscow's full protection. But would Russia use that to justify using nuclear weapons? Here's a response from Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov.
5: The entire
3: territory of the Russian Federation, which is enshrined, and could be further enshrined in the constitution of the Russian Federation, unquestionably is under the full protection of the state. That is absolutely natural, and all of the laws, doctrines, concepts, and strategies of the Russian Federation apply to all of its territory.
5: Residents of Russian-held parts of Ukraine cast ballots on Sunday on whether they wanted to join the Russian Federation, the third day of polling. Ukraine and the West have called the votes a sham effort to illegally acquire territory conquered by Russia since the start of its invasion in February. Kiev and its Western allies fear that Moscow could portray acts to retake the territories and reunify the country as an attack on Russia itself. The annexation efforts come after Russia faced significant strategic setbacks on the battlefield. Russian soldiers beat a hasty and humiliating retreat in the face of a Ukrainian counteroffensive in the northeast part of the country, abandoning hardware and weapons as they fled. Those losses may have prompted President Vladimir Putin to last week order Russia's first military mobilization since World War II. That move triggered protests across Russia and sent many men of military age fleeing. The territory controlled by Russia or Russian-backed forces represents about 15 percent of Ukrainian territory. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was adamant on that his country would regain all the territory Russia had taken.
0: Italy is set to have its first female prime minister, conservative Georgia Maloney. Early results indicate that her brothers of Italy topped the polls with 26 percent in the vote in yesterday's election. NTD's Daniel Monaghan has more.
3: The victory by the Brothers of Italy has propelled an alliance of conservative parties to clear majorities in both houses of parliament. They won just over 4% at the last general election in 2018. Maloney will almost certainly get the nod from the head of state to form a new government as the leader of the largest single party. She will face a daunting array of problems including surging energy prices and the war in Ukraine. In a victory speech Maloney said,
1: When this night is over, we have to remember, we must remember that we are not at the end point. We are at the starting point. It is from tomorrow that we must prove our worth.
3: The rapid rise in her fortunes is intricately tied to the transformation of Brothers of Italy. It has quickly moved out of the background and into the mainstream. Friends and critics alike say the surge in support is largely due to the steely determination of Maloney. She won her first local election at 21 and became Italy's youngest ever minister at the age of 31. Maloney compares her party to the US Republican Party and Britain's Conservative Party. Patriotism and traditional family values are exalted while woke political correctness and global elites are denounced. She has expressed her fondness for natural families and is critical of the LGBT lobby and gender ideology. She has also expressed her disdain for the violence of Islam. She supports safer borders and strives to put a stop to mass immigration. Her ascent is especially notable considering her humble background. She was brought up by a single mother in a working class district of the Italian capital. Her father abandoned them after her birth. Her tough style of speaking draws comparisons in the Italian press to former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. Some critics have called the party far right. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: Swiss voters have rejected a proposal to ban factory farming. The country already has strict animal welfare laws but voters have decided that they don't need to be tightened further. Initial results show almost two-thirds voted against the proposal. If passed, it would have made it into a constitutional requirement to protect farm animals from factory farming conditions. The government recommended against the proposal. It said the measure would breach trade deals, increase costs, and make food more expensive. Some voters say there are already protections in place and the law change would only make the process more complicated, especially for small farmers. Residents voting yes said they think the future can't handle factory farming. The proposal would have required the government set stricter rules for animal care, including access to outdoor spaces and new requirement for slaughtering. It would also cover imported animals and animal products. Japan and South Korea are denouncing Pyongyang for threatening peace in the region. That's because North Korea fired a ballistic missile off its east coast, right as the U.S. and South Korea are about to begin military drills. And Vice President Kamala Harris plans to visit the region.
6: North Korea fired a ballistic missile towards the sea off its east coast on Sunday. That came after a U.S. aircraft carrier arrived in South Korea on Friday for the first time in four years ahead of joint military drills starting this week and ahead of a visit to the region by U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris. South Korea's military said it was a single short-range ballistic missile fired from near the Taichon area of North Pyongan province just before 7 a.m. local time. Seoul called the launch an act of grave provocation and held an emergency National Security Council meeting to discuss response measures. Japan's Defense Minister Yasukazu Hamada told reporters, including cruise missiles, this was the North's 19th launch this year. He said Pyongyang's missile testing is taking place at an unprecedented pace, adding, quote, to do this as a Ukraine invasion unfolds is unforgivable. The last time North Korea carried out such a launch was in early June, when it fired eight short-range ballistic missiles in one day. Coming
0: up, a battle from 2,000 years ago is brought to life on the site of a former Roman city. For the local Romanians, the ancient past is a source of both fascination and pride. Enthusiasts in Romania reenact a battle from 2,000 years ago. They used historic documents and drawings to get every detail right for the two-day festival. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details.
7: This village in southern Romania was once the site of Romula Malva, the capital city of a province ruled by the Roman Empire. Some 2,000 years ago, the Romans defended the city against local tribes in an epic battle. In what is now Resca, Enthusiasts reenact the battle.
4: Here in Romula, we return for the third edition of the Romula Fest Festival. A reenactment of the period of the Trionic Wars. The period when Dacia was a Roman province. We can call it a festival of
7: reenacting antiquity. For the locals, the ancient past is a source of both fascination and pride.
4: I come here because this is what flows through my veins, the Dacian blood. It's beautiful, we disconnect from everything that happens in the real world,
7: in the urban jungle. For the organizers, the main purpose of the annual gathering is to promote local cultural heritage and history. Our
4: main aim is promoting our cultural heritage, and at the same time we have an educational aim. We can describe what we're doing as a live history lesson.
7: Organizers recreated every detail based solely on historical documents. Romans carried shields and weapons and wore helmets, while the local tribes covered themselves in animal furs.
4: As a history teacher, it offers me an alternative method to classroom lecture to present the historic truth to a wider audience and the ability to present it in a more
7: visible way. The Romans won the battle, a disappointment to many of the onlookers, but based in historic fact. We're trying through these
4: reenactment festivals to bring an important moment of our history in the present. Everything we do is based on documented historic discoveries. We do nothing randomly. The work of historians and volunteers is at stake.
7: The festival also features weapon and armor workshops and ancient sports competitions like spear throwing and archery. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: As you reach the senior years, perhaps you need strengthening exercises. Strength training may seem intimidating if you've never tried it. Here's Gina Marie, who brings us Strong Mind and Body.
8: Did you know that various types of exercise have different benefits? Cardiovascular exercise keeps the heart and lungs in good shape and helps to prevent chronic diseases. Running and cycling or a game of tennis are types of endurance exercise that increase heart and breathing rates. Then there are exercises to maintain flexibility, balance, and strength. These exercise types are especially important as one approaches the senior years. Stretching means freedom of movement, making daily activities more comfortable. Balance helps to prevent falls, that's a common concern as one gets older. Then there's strength training. You might know it as resistance or weight training. This one makes your muscles stronger. It's not about getting big muscles, it's about maintaining muscle mass. Arrange some strength training for the major muscle groups on two or more days per week. Keep muscle function good and your bones will thank you for it. Strength training helps your body process food to prevent diabetes and related diseases, including cardiovascular disease. Here are a few tips to get you started. Try a personal trainer. They'll find the right exercise for you. Choose something you like doing. Beginning the habit will be easier. Start slowly, building up gradually using smooth movements. Avoid locking arm and leg joints in a straight position. Keep your breathing even, out as you lift and in as you relax. Pay attention to your body. Exhaustion and sore joints could mean you're overdoing it. Low-cost or free classes may be available in recreation or community centers near you.
0: And that's all for today's program. Thanks for tuning in. If you have feedback for our show, send us an email. We'll put it on screen. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. I'm Chenny Wu.